All right. Uh, hey, uh, hey there, guys and ghouls. That was attractive. Thank you. You're tuned in to... I forgot the name of our podcast for a minute. Broadcast from the Belfry. A carbon monoxide poisoned podcast for the morbidly curious. My name is Sanjay, and on the other side of the internet, in a state that I literally can't remember the name of when other people ask, is Georgia. How are you doing today, George? Yep. Oh, oh. uh... We're carving pumpkins tonight, so I'm really excited about that. Nice. I have a pumpkin carving story. I'll tell that in a minute, unless I forget. Oh. Uh, okay. In a closer part of the internet to me, or closer part of the world also across the internet, is Hope on the ones and twos, doing the editing, fact-checking, and social media How are you doing today, Hope? I am cold, but okay. All right. Yeah, that sounds about right. Um pumpkin time so a couple years ago uh i carved pumpkins at our old house uh with hope and her sister and her sister's boyfriend and we didn't know what to do with all the pumpkin guts so we just threw them over the porch because like that's Ew. what you do with guts yeah uh we started growing pumpkins like by the time the lease ended like there were a bunch of like tiny pumpkins oh, starting and we just didn't nice. know what to do so we left them so you know maybe they got a, a, a bountiful harvest that year but our landlord probably uprooted them because she d- isn't great. <laughs> yep. Announcements. Cool. <laughs> yeah. Sorry we missed last week. Um, I'm really mad at the internet. My email, my strongly worded email got passed on to a manager who was supposed to be in contact with probably Stu since it's his name on the account. But mm-hmm. uh, so far, neither of us have heard anything. So I still hate them. Nice. And but we have internet, so here we are. Yeah, we've got that. We've got Lovecraft Country coming up. So send us your questions if you have watched that By show. By the day that this comes out. By the day this comes out, yeah. And you also should just watch it at least a little bit of it if you haven't watched any of it yet. It's really really yeah. cool. Like insane banana show. Everyone knows how I feel about scary stuff, and I still loved it. And some of it was a little bit spooky. Some of it was a little bit sweet. There's an episode with aliens. There's a lot going on in this show. Like, a whole lot going on. So I would highly recommend that you watch it. Um, I don't think I have any other announcements. Do you? Oh, I might have my office put together finally. So Ooh. no more recording in the bedroom. That would nice. be great. It'll- so that's a project for next week we'll be so much more professional at that point you know like this is a laid-back podcast we're gonna be office bitches starting next week you know i'm gonna put on my pencil skirt georgia's gonna put on her blazer with her shoulder pads we're gonna storm you know we're gonna wolf of wall street it up i haven't seen that movie but i assume it's something about like wolves invading an office space and it's a survival situation like What's that movie that Leonardo days later. DiCaprio finally won an Oscar for? Is it The Revenant? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. I never <laughs> okay. saw that either. I love Leo, but I never watched that movie. It seemed like yeah. something I didn't care about. Exactly. It still does, actually, which is why I still haven't seen it. <laughs> I remembered what I wanted to announce. Mm-hmm. Uh, huge shout out to our new friend, Jessica Lemon of the Sour, Sweet, and Spooky podcast. She's awesome and super sweet, and uh, we like her. Yeah, uh, 20 out of 10. She also gave us a shout-out on her podcast, and I almost cried and screamed. I felt famous. Don't know why I freaked out so much, but I did. Um, She talks about stuff that's very akin to stuff we talk about, except instead of having my, like, voice, she's, like sweet girl version of that voice you know like she's just she sounds wholesome so even if you don't like the content which you definitely will because it's amazing you'll just like listen to her talk about stuff she seems like a cool dude so everyone go check it out sour speed spoop stop spop spoop the boop uh we'll put a link to her podcast in the bio (laughs) you should listen to it um her newest uh, but like I should send her a message and be like, Sanjay thinks you should change the name of your podcast to Spoop the Boop. Uh, good uh, uh, yeah, her newest episodes are about uh, Charles Manson, and I learned mm-hmm. a ton of stuff, like crazy amount of stuff. Dude, so interesting. Um, All right, here's a question. Yeah. Do you count Charles Manson as a serial killer? Yeah. 
I do personally. He was responsible for a bunch okay. of deaths, you know, so like he probably is a serial killer that way. Okay. I also might That's like, I uh, know. what's that movie, Hope, that I didn't like that was about, had Charles Manson in it, spoilers, I guess. Um, something Hollywood, some... We are currently... Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Yeah, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. I did not like that movie. Um, I thought it was Tarantino's worst movie. Um, but maybe I'll like it more now that I have... Wait. It's the only Tarantino movie I've ever liked. Yeah. So. Yeah. Whoa! So, Whoa! Okay, oh. I also haven't seen that many of his movies, so okay. I guess it's not that dramatic to say. I yeah. will quit right now. No, she's only seen uh, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, Hateful Eight, and Pulp Fiction. I saw okay. Django, oh, and Django and Inglorious also. Yeah. Oh, man. So really, I just haven't seen the Kill Bill movies. Yeah. Uh, no, 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 no. What you need to do is go all the way back. Let me tell you. From Dusk Till Dawn is 100% my favorite Tarantino movie. And for most of the entire point of the movie, the horror is just some people being kind of carjacked, but they're in a caravan, basically. It's like a family. It's not till the end when the horror really happens, but when it does, it's awesome. And the end. Uh, I just looked up what it's about, and I don't understand why I've never seen this movie before. Yes, it's amazing. <laughs> It's so Hands old. down, the best Tarantino movie ever. Anyone can come to my house and fight me on that. The end. I really okay, like Jingle will... Unchained and Hateful Eight, though. Like, a lot. A lot, a lot. I... Oh, that's my list. <laughs> I did not watch Hateful Eight. I liked Django, but not in the way that I like other Tarantino movies. You know, it's not as dumb as other tarantino movies and i like tarantino movies because they're dumb if maybe, that makes sense. oh maybe that's actually why i like those two movies <laughs> is because they're not dumb and the most of the other ones i'm just like this is pretty medium i just realized that on our screen my name is on your picture yeah so i is can, it are you on the btfb yeah i'm on the btfb okay, email that's why. i realized that i've been doing i've been wasting my own time by starting these meetings in my personal email signing out to sign into the podcast email to upload stuff to the drive and then signing back into mine it doesn't make sense so i just signed into uh, yours yeah that's fine okay i okay. got confused for a minute it's all good i'm generally confused generally confused uh, for those of you who watch How I Met Your Mother, I, I just saluted. So, yeah. Alright, what are we talking about today? I hope it's How I Met Your Mother. I really like that show. It's I've not spooky. I've never watched that show all the way through. You've never watched all- Okay, we're not talking about this right now. What, what are we talking about the podcast? I'm gonna get upset. I'm sweaty okay. already. I think you're gonna like this topic. Because we're all giant nerds here. Buckle up your seatbelt. And click, your neck click. belt. Click, click. So sail on an adventure. Tonight, we are going to talk about the one and only Lich. Ooh, nice. Yeah, I thought it was a like, fun one. Yeah. It's o- October approved. Mm-hmm. Um, the Lich, did you know, is one of the most widely used monsters in fantasy games. Of course you knew that. Including D&D and yeah. WoW. Mm-hmm. Which I've never, I don't get WoW. But, you know, if you do, that's cool. It's, it's and, an ugly game, but it's a really important MMO. And it's also a big part of Adventure Time, which mm-hmm. we enjoy on this show. Oh, yeah. I have never played a campaign with a Lich yet. Me Also, either? we just joined what well, we will be joining a campaign. So I'm really mm. excited about that. As soon as do hire some people and <laughs> he can actually take a day off because he still hasn't had a day off since the coffee shop opened. So. What the heck? Dang, dude. Yeah. <laughs> It's great. Everything's fine. Yeah, it's great. Actually, I lied. I've played uh, Tomb of the Lich, which is one of uh, the like yeah, OG so. D&D campaigns, or like pre-made ones. It's like Tomb of Horrors. No. Yeah, I think it's Tomb of Horrors and Tomb of the Lich. I might be actually getting my D&D mixed up. Keep going while I try to straighten out my thoughts. <laughs> in D&D, liches are often magic users or clerics in life, 
and they appear in every monster manual after 3e and then the general definition is that they're an undead wizard who uses their powers to get more power and be the most powerful undead being they can be they're the rocky balboa of wizards obviously yeah the first thing that comes to my mind is voldemort obviously 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 oh i also just looked it up i was wrong uh Doom of the Lich Lord is a board game that I played when I was in high school with my D&D group. That's it. Okay, we're back on track. (laughs) The term Lich, L-I-C-H, is actually Old English, and it means corpse. So that's cool. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So the idea of the Lich already kind of existed in the universe, but then Gary Gygax officially added it to the D&D universe in the supplement called... Greyhawk, which came out in 1975, and he actually took the idea from a guy named Gardner Fox, who I've never heard of, but he was apparently a writer, and he, like, made some games and stuff, but he contributed to The Flash, Hawkman, and he was one of the first Batman writers, so that's pretty cool, and then Gary Gygax, you know, kind of stole his idea, like, he steals other people's wives. Hmm, Yeah. We're, we don't we're, stand Gary Gygax, but we stand all the things that he creates pretty much. Yeah. So, Much like Lovecraft, we don't agree with your opinions, mm-hmm. but we like what you produced in your life. Yeah. And, uh... Lil Peep. He what? In Lil Peep. He was a pretty Uh-oh. awesome dude, actually. He just had some, some su- substance abuse issues. But we support his art here. It's Lil Peep season everybody for anyone that that means anything to it's peep season in my heart so that sounds like more of an easter thing in my opinion it's but not whatever. he's a dead <laughs> rapper he's not a candy <laughs> a gross candy <laughs> what james is sawing the trunks out there oh can you guys hear that no our landlord is apparently chainsawing the giant log that's been in our yard for the whole time we've lived here. <laughs> nice. Hey, that's I didn't even wood. notice. I didn't notice till you came in. So I hear it now, but they can't hear it. So okay, thank you. I think he was worried that that was really obnoxious, but I didn't even notice. So if you guys can't hear it, it's probably fine. Hot dog, hot dog. If anyone needs free firewood, uh, contact Georgia and she'll mail it to you. For anyway. what we were talking about. Uh, Liches, magic, Voldemort, obviously. Yeah, okay, keep going. I'm on track again. So, prior to Gary Gygax putting this in D&D, the term was just used to refer to a corpse in general. So, like, Clark Ashton Smith used it in his story called Empire of Necromancers in 1936. And, uh... Like I just said, HPL, our favorite racist, used the term when he wrote the thing on the doorstep, published in 1937. I mean, you're right. I don't know if anyone else will laugh at it, but I thought it was hilarious. Just caught me off guard. (laughs) Thank Um, you for listening to Broadcast from the Belfry. Please comment your favorite racist in the comments. Please don't. It'll make me sad. It might not make me sad. It might make me laugh again. <laughs> if you say Trump, you're automatically deleted from the group. Exactly. Uh, anyway, um, so I gave a really terrible overview of that story once upon a time, but I am prepared now. I am going to give you this amazing overview of this story this episode i don't know if any of it will relate to anything that happens in lovecraft country i don't think it does but i'm i'm still not caught up you know because i didn't have internet so wait i have a contribution Um, before you start okay all right that was it you can keep going thank you it's a good some asmr for you guys hopefully it doesn't blow out your eardrums i don't think it will but (laughs) I'm, I don't know. I don't mix our episodes. That's George's job. Yeah, for some reason. And it's hot dog's job. So he's trying to look at the screen and get really close to it, but also trying to like stay like hugged up and, not go, and to not go to sleep. If you want to read the story and be surprised, then skip ahead like three minutes, maybe. I don't know. Um, the story begins by identifying the narrator. His name is Daniel Upton. And he says that he has killed his best friend, Edward Derby. 
but he hopes his account of events will prove that he is not a murderer. And then he describes how they met and what Derby's life was like, and then how he met his wife, who he would eventually marry. So Derby um, marries this chick named Azanath, which is a name that should sound familiar, I think, because that's what one of the... That's why I talked about it before. In the Corpsewood Manor murders, they, one of their dogs was named Azanath. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I remember that. I love those dudes. Yeah. yeah. If, if you haven't listened to that episode, it is one of the ones that we recorded earlier this year and then put out later um, because we were really ahead on episodes and then life happened slash internet happened. But you should definitely listen to it. It's really sweet. And also, there's a lot of murder, so that's not so sweet. Uh, but it's one of my favorite stories we've gone over. And... I think that's the episode where I talk about why I don't like Sabrina the Teenage Witch for like 20 minutes. Sure. So after a few years, people start to notice that Edward Derby would go through these spells where he started acting strangely and he would go to the narrator's house and tell him weird things about his wife. And finally, he said that he believed his father-in-law might not actually be dead like his wife had led him to believe. And so one day... The narrator gets a call to go and pick up Derby from somewhere in Maine where he's been found just mumbling a bunch of nonsense and in the car on the way back, Derby tells the narrator that he believes his wife's body is actually possessed by the soul of her father, who was an ancient sorcerer, and they then possess his body. And then he has this like little fit in the car and his behavior changes and he just says, Oh, just ignore everything that I just said. <laughs> I'm speaking a bunch of nonsense. Don't talk about daddy bitch, issues. Right? Uh-huh. <laughs> really? <laughs> so then later down the road, the narrator is visiting Derby and he's bumbling about weird stuff again. And the narrator eventually decides to have him committed to a sanitarium. And then one day he gets a call that, oh, Edward's back to normal. Everything's fine. So he goes to visit and he's like, that's not my bestie. Something weird is going on again. Oh, I thought you meant literally it was just a random dude. <laughs> like, he just no. very poorly did a uh, a Freaky Friday or, like, a parent trap. So then, finally, one night, the narrator's chilling at home, and he starts to smell something nasty, like rotting flesh. Oh my god, this is gonna happen to me, never mind. And then he yeah. opens his door to see this weird pile, a thing, you might say, on his doorstep. <clears throat> and this, like, pile of stuff hands him a letter and it's from Edward which explains that he killed his wife and then buried her body in their cellar but hmm. she slash her wizard dad was still able to possess his body hmm. leaving his consciousness trapped in her decomposing body meaning that the thing on the doorstep was her decomposing body with his consciousness inside of it and so the best friend goes to the narrator whatever um, he's like go to the sanitarium and kill my, like, kill my body, kill her with the evil wizard possessing it, and then burn my body for good measure. Wait, so, wait, wait. So you're saying that, okay, so she was dead and was buried, right? Yeah. He yeah. was alive and not buried, right? Yeah. The wizard put, the lich put the consciousness into the decaying flesh and put yeah. his like the lich's his own mind into the guy's body yeah. so the the consciousness is able to move this rotting pile of flesh like it's still yeah. alive so he's just like squishing around and that's how he gets to the doorstep yeah just making sure I'm, i know what's going on okay okay yeah. that just doesn't make sense it Okay, whatever. Keep going. <laughs> it's gross, and I don't like it, but it whatever. It's already been written. Yep. So the narrator goes to the, you know, asylum and shoots his supposed best friend slash his best friend's body that doesn't have his consciousness in it. And now he's also in the insane asylum for telling this story. The end. I don't remember it having any racist suggestions either, so <laughs> go HPL. <laughs> But like, so the lich is alive in the sanitarium, and that's his. But technically, here we are. Technically, mm -hmm. it's not a lich because he's not an undead wizard. He's a consciousness transferring, transferring itself from body to body. 
Also, why right? wouldn't I assume that? Yes, that's correct. And I assume this also means that his goal was just to transfer into someone else's body to get out of the sanitarium. Because I think I would rather just be like a mailman or something than uh, yeah. to be like locked in a sanitarium. Also, being a mailman's dope. Support the USPS. Uh, you guys are rad. To any of our postman listeners and postwoman listeners, we love you. I think that transferring from body to body was just like his way of achieving immortality, even though it's not really. So, like, his consciousness is immortal, but he can't make a body be immortal. Yeah, that's what Voldemort did, right? No. Yeah, right? He, like, reformed his body with magic. Oh, yeah. Who else? There's somebody that does that, like, moves from, like, like, body to body. I think it's someone in Naruto, actually. Never mind. Hope, can you look up if anyone in Naruto transfers, like, their mind into different bodies to stay alive forever? Aw. Hot Dog has has his mouth a little bit open, (laughs) and his head is straight up, so you can see his little teeth. Oh. Oh, we love some good teeth here. So, liches typically use their powers to seek additional forbidden knowledge or magic artifacts or maybe treasure or gold or wealth or like whatever kind of riches. And they kind of look like zombies because their skin is pulled tightly over their bones and their clothing is typically ragged and they have empty eye sockets that sometimes glow red. They're just malnourished and poor. You just described me most of the time. That's not (laughs) that impressive. It's typically assumed that the less flesh a lich has, the longer it has been undead. That makes sense. Yeah. Um, similar, I thought this was interesting, similar to vampires, liches are one of the very few undead creatures who retain their knowledge and power from life. So in a way, they're more of a revenant than a zombie. And then they also usually have control over all of the other undead beings because they are so powerful. Uh, Hope also just provided the goods. I was close with these. So, you know, uh, in... Like, I don't know, you know, in Naruto, her, like, jutsu is literally just, like, switching bodies. Um, And Orochimaru also takes Sasuke initially so he can live through him because he knows that he was going to die eventually. So there are a couple different people. Orochimaru just wants to do it to because he's a big douche, big douchebag guy. And, you know, actually uses that as her primary jutsu. So, yeah, we're good. All right. Thank you, Hope. <laughs> Uh, some liches are born when a magical artifact is worn to trigger resurrection, which reminds me of something, but I honestly could not tell you what it reminds me of. The card of Monster Reborn from Yu-Gi-Oh? No. That's, that's I guarantee you I that's got. not what it is. <laughs> I do not know that. That's all I had. <laughs> and then other liches are born when someone else performs a magical resurrection, and... This also kind of reminded me of Supernatural when Rowena has that like spell that she puts inside of herself to resurrect herself when she gets killed. So that's kind of cool, I guess. Hot Dog is very interested in this podcast episode. He's just staring <laughs> at the so screen. Sleepy. He's always sleepy. <laughs> um, some legends suggest that the lich must bind its soul to the corpse it inhabits, and others suggest that its soul must be bound to an object, and destroying that object means destroying the lich. So, again, you know, you a horcrux. Know what that sounds like? Yeah, that's a f- mother a hor- freaking horcrux. You know what else it sounds like? My mom. <laughs> I was going to say the one ring, but Oh, okay. yeah, that makes, that makes more sense, yeah. Yeah. So, like... Sauron is I guess he's kind of a lich because his body is destroyed, his consciousness lives in a giant flaming eyeball in a tower while he's trying to get the ring that his soul is bound to and maybe, I mean we don't really know what would happen if he gets the ring that's not really ever explicitly explained or even known by any of the characters whose perspectives we have, I don't think he would get his body back is what Gandalf said. Okay. Hmm. Like that ring, the the one ring is actually just a really tiny um, magical 3D printer 
and if he got it back, he would just <laughs> it would just start moving on the ground and like v- 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 like printing a new body. <laughs> That'd be cool. Hot dog. Uh, <laughs> so similar to liches, there are also whites. And that term was originally used to describe someone living, but fantasy writing just adapted it to identify a creature as undead. And we know that Tolkien used this in Lord of the Rings. And I also think that this term could be applied to Jon Snow, I think, in Game of Thrones. I think he is described as a white after he comes back to life. Spoiler alert. (laughs) That's not really a spoiler alert. There were tons of memes about that at the end of I think that's season four, but um, mm. just because you haven't seen it, everyone else knows it happens. Yeah, don't give me, don't spoil me, don't spoil me, bro. Come on. Watch Game of Thrones already. <laughs> I will eventually. <laughs> it just, there's too much that happens on the screen, and I don't know, like, I have a really hard time. It's, uh, I don't know, like, it's visually very appealing. Okay, but also there's a lot of dead time where nothing happens. Because of that, I want to be doing something else for the like 10 straight minutes where something's happening that doesn't matter. But then I get distracted and don't pay attention to the screen when the stuff that does matter happens. Then I'm like, fuck, I have to rewatch this now. And then I'm like, I could also just make macaroni and it's a whole thing. Um, and that's why I haven't watched it. It's because it's, yeah, the like pacing, my brain doesn't like understand exactly so it's really hard for me to multitask and that's what i generally do when i watch tv that was a really long way to say that i think that if you had started watching because for me i don't really get into it till season four like end of season three really um and so i think if you were one of those people who only you know if you watched it one episode at a time as it was Mm -hmm. airing then so you only had to pay attention to it for an hour yeah i think you might have like got into it but probably but uh, i also watched uh it's a lot to binge watch yeah but like i think i watched sherlock like the entire first season or like two episodes at a time and i think hope how long are each episode or is each hour and a half half? okay yeah so each season is three episodes (laughs) yeah so i watched like three hours straight of sherlock and was like pulled into it watch the one episode yeah. and then after that one an hour and a half is just like super easy and game of thrones is 45 minutes i think eh, some of them are it depends on the season and like it's one of they don't because it's hbo and they do whatever they want they literally there's not really uh like some of them are 45 minutes and then some of them are like an hour and 15 minutes and some of them are an hour so it just kind of depends on the season and mm-hmm. what episode it is. Like, they're really big into having the first episode and the last episode be longer. Fair. Like, the, I think that's how The Mandalorian was, too. Where it kind of, like, varied episode to episode. But the last yeah. one was, like, notably five minutes longer or something. Yeah. Um, and everyone, I think like, if you're not specifically making something for TV to fit in an allotted time, it really doesn't matter anymore, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Also, the Mandalorian can do whatever it wants. The Mandalorian lives in my head rent-free all the time. Not the person, <laughs> the show. Uh, yeah, I, did, I learned last week that apparently Pedro Pascal almost got like removed from the show because he, when episode 9 came out, he was giving it a ton of shit and was saying, like, I am the Mandalorian, you can't replace me, my opinions are my opinions, and you can't like stop me from saying how I feel about my universe. And Disney was like my guy everyone sees your face one time and we can get a voice actor that sounds like you please understand what you're doing right now like ridiculous and i think it put like filming on hold or something for a little bit because they had to like renegotiate his contract he also wanted a lot more money so he was just like it all went to his head super fast that sucks because i really like him you'd like him because of game of thrones though that's different he's also in uh well his character in game of thrones is amazing yeah um that, that scene actually my friend tony described to me shout out to tony ochoa and his wife cindy you guys are the realist um they are the like they told me about the scene with um the mountain and yeah whatever his name is the snake the snake serpent. yeah 
And it is one of the coolest, like, visuals in my head. And then, spoiler alert for Game of Thrones, he dies. And I was like, oh, I don't care anymore. Like, (laughs) I was so interested in the entire Game of Thrones universe because of this one fight being described. And then I was like, no. fucking insane. It's really annoying, too, though, because it's one of those fights where, like, if he weren't so proud, if he just took the victory that he had, Mm -hmm. he would have killed the mountain, but... Storyline wise, you know that the hound has to be the one to kill the mountain, so Oberyn mm. would have never killed the mountain. But also, like, Oberyn wanted the mountain to admit that he killed his sister and he wasn't going to do it. And he was just like trying everything he could to get him to admit that he killed his sister. Yeah. And that was his downfall. And the mountain was just like, well, now I'm going to crush your head with my bare hands. Yep. It kind of. Like, hearing that fight described is, like, when uh, The Witcher came out, there was a, there's a scene in, I think, the first episode of The Witcher, where he just murders a bunch of dudes. Like, him and this woman are just, like, slaying, like, it's an insane fight sequence, Um, but that audio was overlaid by Toxic by Britney Spears. Oh, and it's the end. I told you about that. Yeah, and I, like, I watched that video, and that scene made me watch all of The Witcher, like, 100%, because it was so cool to me. So if there's a good scene, it will pull me to watch an entire show. That <laughs> was it. Really Man, that was a, a big tangent. That was, like, three tangents put together. Speaking of favorite scenes, to end this tangent, my favorite scene in all of Game of Thrones is probably uh, first episode, season four. Anyone who has seen it knows exactly what I'm talking about. That little bitch turned blue, and it was amazing. The end. Mm-hmm. Everyone watch okay. Game of Thrones, except for me. Don't make me do it. <laughs> Everyone watch Game of Thrones and then tell Sanjay what happened. Exactly. If anyone scene starts... Scene by scene. Please, someone do a Game of Thrones rewatch podcast, and I will listen to that, but I will not watch the actual show. <laughs> so, also in Lord of the Rings universe, there are the Nazgul. In Tolkien language, Nazgul directly relates, translates, whatever, words are hard. One of the symptoms of carbon monoxide poisoning is confusion, so here we are. You're just pregnant, dude. <laughs> No. <laughs> uh, Everybody, what should Stu and Georgia name their baby? Put yours in as your recommendations. No, the real question is what should Georgia carve her pumpkin into? But by the time you hear this, I will have already carved my pumpkin, so... I vote a uh, gun. I guess that's redundant. I want you um, to make a functioning gun out of a pumpkin that shoots pumpkin seeds. I think that'd be pretty sick. I'm gonna roast the pumpkin seeds. I found a recipe for, like, honey cinnamon roasted pumpkin seeds, and I was like, oh, fuck yeah, I'm gonna eat those. Yeah, that sounds great. I also made a pumpkin cream cheese roll last night. (laughs) I forget that you're a very good baker. Like, I really do. It's fine. It happens. Carbon monoxide. (laughs) Yeah, hope when, like everyone I know, that carbon monoxide poisoning is better than babies. It's less 100%. expensive. So. Oh, yeah. All I have to do is open the windows and hope that it goes away. Yeah, and clean up your own poop, you know, if it gets to that uh, point. Yep. <laughs> All right, so in Tolkien language, Nazgul directly translates to Ring Wraith, which I knew they were the same thing, but I didn't know that Ring Wraith was an actual translation. So that's a fun fact. Um,. The Nazgul are, of course, what used to be the nine rings of mortal men who were given the rings of power. And that's what's explained at the beginning of the Fellowship. I don't really think, does it say in the intro, like, you know, nine rings of power were given to the realm of men or whatever it says. Does it say that they became the Nazgul? Or does Gandalf explain that later? I know at least in the book it says it right away. It might be later in the movies. I think, I think it's maybe. later in the movies. Because that's Is I that, haven't read the books. I feel like that's when they're coming. Like after they run away from the inn, like right before Frodo gets stabbed on Weathertop, and I think that Is it Aragorn that's explaining? Yeah, when they're uh, 
they're like breaking into the prancing pony and Aragorn is all dramatic. He's like, they were once men. Yeah. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Thanks, Mm -hmm. Vigo. (laughs) (laughs) This, okay. Speaking of Vigo, this and Game of Thrones, this shit blows my mind. So, um, the actor that plays Jamie Lannister in Game of Thrones and then also Vigo Mortensen, when you hear them talk normally, they have heavy ass Scandinavian accents. And then in, you know, movies and shows, they always are just British. Oh, I have a British accent. And I'm like, how the fuck are you doing that without any traces of your Scandinavian accent? When we just watched all of the extended editions because you know we didn't have internet but those are on dvd so we watched all of the lord of the rings movies hell yeah and uh i heard it a little bit i think because i knew that it was there now Mm -hmm. just like and it's ours kind of but uh for the most part you're still just like i could not tell that you're from scandinavia how do you do this I mean, it's like Tom Holland's American accent is very, very good. Um, but I yeah. guess British to, British to American English is a little bit easier. Um, it can be. Yeah, I guess. It just kind of... I think if you actually understand the different sounds that are made, then it's easy to translate. I, I'm also biased because I know how to make sounds in British English, even though I now have an American English accent normally. But because I once had a British English accent, I can. I know the differences, you know what I mean? Yeah, you sounded really cockney. Everyone think about George, just, Oi, governor, top of the morning. And that was how she spoke for a majority of her life. No. I sounded more like the ninth doctor. Thank you very much. Ooh. Dude, I was at. I uh, went to Maze yesterday, and uh gi joe the rise of cobra was on club member i am a private club member yeah um yeah gi joe the rise of cobra was playing and uh, christopher eccleston is a bad guy in that movie and i always forget about it yeah he is and i like i I don't remember that at all i lost my mind and i was like that's him he's here um and no one else cared none of the other four people that were there cared it's, he has such, like, minor roles in everything else that I've yes. ever seen him in. And you're just like, it's the Doctor! And everyone's like, what? Well, no, and He's this in, was uh... right after he left Doctor Who. And yeah. that's when he was trying to distance himself. So he was only playing bad guys for a little bit. Because he, like, hated his role as in Doctor Who so much. Yeah. Well, because he was in Heroes for a few episodes. Was he? Yeah, he was the invisible guy. He was, um... Bennett's partner in the beginning at the company and he was the one Bennett had to kill him because he was like trying to bring down the company because he didn't agree with it he was the guy that went invisible what the heck no this was I watched Heroes before Doctor Who or I saw like two episodes of Doctor Who in middle school and then late in high school is when I watched like a lot um starting with Tenant. yeah starting with Smith um with some of my friends so holy crap i never made that connection he's the bennett has to like go out to the bridge and shoot him that's just reckless holy crap dude. yeah so he's only in a few episodes in season two i think yeah which I'm came out sure in like two. 2009 and then roughly, so do you remember when I was telling you about that show on Amazon that Sue and I were watching, Fortitude, about the, like, you weren't allowed to die on the island because it was too cold, so if you were mm. old, you have to go back to the mainland to die? Yeah. He's also in that. He is murdered in the first episode, so that's all he's in, but he's in that, too. Why does no one um, let him live? I love him. He's my second favorite doctor. Someone just let him live for like. He's like Sean Bean. <laughs> Sean Bean dies in fucking everything that Sean mm-hmm. Bean is ever in. It's upsetting. Game of Thrones, Lord of the Rings, Equilibrium, Sean Bean dead. Um. So in the Cimmerillion, I did find this quote. It says, "Which, if you're a big enough Tolkien fan to read the Cimmerillion, like." Kudos to you, you fucking nerd. <laughs> Hope is pointing at herself right now. <laughs> I also have the Unfinished Tales, which I think is an even step even further than the Cimmerillion. Uh, but um, 
It says, those who used the nine rings became mighty in their day, kings, sorcerers, and warriors of old. They obtained glory and great wealth, yet it turned to their downfall. It had, as it seemed, unending life, or they had, as it seems, unending life, yet life became unbearable to them. They could walk if they would, unseen by all eyes in this world beneath the sun, and they could see things in worlds invisible to mortal men. But too often they beheld only the phantoms and delusions of Sauron, and one by one, sooner or later, according to their native strength and to the good of evil of their wills in the beginning, they fell under the thraldom of the ring that they bore and of the domination of the one which was Sauron's. And they became forever invisible, save to him that wore the ruling ring, and they entered into the realm of shadows. With the Nazgul they were, the ring race, the enemy's most terrible servants. Darkness went with them, and they cried with the voices of death. Which sounds epic, but uh, Hope is making some very intriguing faces. <laughs> Sorry, that was unrelated unrelated to what you were reading i was trying to figure out exactly when christopher eccleston was in heroes and i couldn't find it but i did find out that they offered him the role of siler what and he wow. declined what? because he thought it he thought it was too cliche of what? a character are you kidding me he thought having a british uh person play a villain was too cliche and he said no okay that's fair but also it it kind of is but what the heck dude no, he should have put his pride That's aside. Awesome. That is, like, Sailor is... I, I'm so upset. I love Zachary Quinto. I think I've said that here. Him and his eyebrows, top tier. Love that man so much. Um, I wish he, he was in more stuff. Eyebrows. He has thick eyebrows. He has Dan Levy eyebrows. You know, like... They are thick, and they are groomed, and they are beautiful. Mm -hmm, they are. But I would have loved to have Eccleston be Siler instead. That would have been so cool. It would have been a different energy, kind of. It would have been more, yeah. like, suave. Because Siler was yeah. more, like, calculating but distant, I think. Like, he I think didn't also, understand after people. having Linderman as kind of the bad guy all through season one, and he's already, like, a British asshole, and mm -hmm. having... Who... I forgot about him for the most part, and I remember when we were watching it not that long ago and i hate like he shows up on the screen and i was like oh it's the history teacher from community <laughs> yep. that's all i could think <laughs> like that's in my brain now i can't see him as anyone else but i think maybe having like that you know british bad guy in season one then having another british bad guy in siler would have been a little uh coincidental you know yeah you're probably right mm, i'm upset about it but you're probably right so we also we didn't really talk about adventure time very much in this episode even though we talked about oh, it at the top true. a lot so yeah um maybe that's actually where i want to go with this Who, what is your favorite okay so the lich in adventure time is like we uh, like we said at the top kind of like culmination of evil and magic um and when the spoilers also correct me if i'm wrong a correcty person but when uh the like bomb went off initially that like let out all the magic he was created and he's going to like what is the lich trying to do he's trying to like incite like the end of days pretty much is that correct if i remember right it's been a while since i, watched I think so yeah it's been a while since i watched it all the way through and i've only watched it all the way through one complete time and I still, I've read a bunch of different, like, theories and stuff, but I've still never quite wrapped my head around what actually happens, so... Yeah, I think that that's pretty much it. Um, I've also only watched through all, the, like, one time, and then I just watched the first, like, three seasons over and over again, because they're hilarious, um, and yeah. watch scattered episodes. But, yeah, so he's kind of, like, the overarching big bad in a show that seems like it doesn't have a plot for the most part which is really cool, and you kind of just see him in these, like, really small points of very high tension, and it's really, really cool. Um, what's your favorite scene in Adventure Time? Oof. I don't know. I really like the gender swap episode, mostly because, uh, shout out to my boy Donald Glover. Hell yeah, dude. Um, 
Hmm. I don't know. I do kind of like it when Finn is dating Fiat uh, because they're dating life is so difficult oh flame princess and yeah yeah it's, yeah flame princess yeah it's so great yeah i think my favorite like episode might be the first fiona and cake episode because yeah uh donald glover in that uh bad little girl or I th- yeah i think the song's name is bad little girl and when it gets real deep uh the so whole good. backstory with the ice king Yes, like it's Simon and Marcy. So tragic. It's so oh. sad. Holy crap! My favorite. Yeah. I think my favorite two small like individual bits. One is uh, where they have to go rescue the hot dog knights, um, which is why hot dog is named partially what he is. His full name is Pod Racing Hot Dog Knight, and like the hot dog knight is because of that. Oh. But uh, when that whole episode is hilarious, but when they get to the very in the in the beginning when they're like. Don't worry, these guys are idiots. And one of them says, what do you mean? And at the end, where it's like, I want a box. I want to blow up. Like, get really big. Um, those two scenes are really funny. And in an episode I don't even remember the whole thing of uh, Jake is trying to go save Finn from something. And he keeps getting distracted. And yeah. there's a bug that's dancing. And the music is just like, doom, 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 and Jake's like, "Where do you? Uh, that's not how you shake it." And the bug's like, "But shaking, it's all I know." And I Jake's like, that. "This is how you shake it." And then he starts <laughs> dancing with the bug. Those like three scenes are probably my favorite three scenes in the entire show. It's I so also funny. am a fan of the penguins and or well, Gunther. Yeah, and just what an evil little shit he is. Yes, he's and... God apparently. Which was a very confusing turn in the plot. Yeah. It's oh. Yeah. I love Gunther. And I also, um, the episode. Okay, I really like the episode where the businessmen are like taking over. (laughs) And I also really like the episode where it's raining outside and they have to like jake has to turn his imagination machine off yes making it really hard mm-hmm. i love the episode and i guess the why wolves are also funny like oh it's werewolves actually we are we're werewolves <laughs> and then we put on glasses <laughs> so funny. adventure time is i just dropped something i don't know what it was oh. i feel like it was not it oh, i know it looks like a kid's show but i feel like it was it's not deeper. ever actually meant to be a kid's show no i think he- like there's a lot of kids shows that have adult sub themes but i think this yeah. one was actually more of like a coming of age show so it really does kind of yeah. uh, sit in the middle somewhere where you can see jake learns and i think the first season who he's supposed to be like he has a vision of himself in the future um so you kind of get like a really weird book ending where like you we forget that he knows that he's supposed to be a hero and like what he's his future is going to be but the whole time there's like little hints of it and jake like having issues and like him um being like or jake growing up with him mm-hmm. and then him like growing up to be a father and like all that kind of stuff it's really cool um yeah it's a very like where you be who you want um and it'll be great kind of thing it also gets really deep when uh, Finn has his arm cut off and he's, like, dealing with that yes. whole phantom limb syndrome mm-hmm. and actual, you know, like, dealing with issues that people actually have when they have to, you know, when they're in an accident and have to have an amputation or, you mm-hmm. know, whatever it is. Some Which kind was of heavy. Like, I it's assumed really... they, like, didn't wind it back very, like... He eventually, like, stuff happens, you know. Um, I guess not a spoiler. I won't spoil that part. But I assumed it was kind of just going to be, like, oh, one episode, and then he gets his arm back. And it was, no. Like, he yeah, has to live with it. It's a season, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's all I got. Um, do you have anything else? No. Thank you, guys, for listening to Broadcast from the Belfry. If you liked what you heard today, learn something about something 
please leave us a like and a subscribe. It really helps with the algorithm that I definitely don't understand. You can also find us on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram, where you can send us a message, or you can email us at broadcastfromthebelfry at gmail.com. We do have a link tree below that has all that information in there if you're lazy like me. Thank you to Marshall for making our sick intro. It is super sweet, and I love it. And if you want to also sound professional, you can hit him up as well. Thank you again to Jessica Lemon for being a fan of the podcast. This super cool chick who we will hopefully do some work with eventually. Um, yeah, go give her a listen. We'll have the actual name of her podcast in the description as well. And not what I said Our before. Yep. Spoppity whoop bop boopy. Yep. Um, yeah, it's a very <laughs> cool podcast. And I think you guys will really dig it. Um, Lovecraft Country is coming out soon. Look forward to that. Even if you don't watch the show, it should be a pretty cool episode. You, we, you know that we are very big um, Lovecraft fans here, and the show is a very, very good spin on the universe that he created, and it's just real cool. And one of the main character in it, okay, so the main female character in it is Black Canary from in the new uh, uh, Harley Quinn movie, and the main male is going to be an unknown marvel villain i think is that right hope Ooh. or is he gonna be a dc i don't take is gonna be in something like really big soon um so that's also very exciting they are incredible actors everyone in there's fantastic there's very heavy like things that are discussed in addition to just being a very creepy-ish show so yeah i i literally love every episode of it and I would like you to also watch it. Um, second episode is very dense. I think we mentioned that before. So mm. don't be dissuaded by that. The first episode will carry you through, though. And after that, it's nonstop action, nonstop speed. And it is a breeze to watch, even with these heavy um, heavy themes. So, yeah, g- yep. give that a listen. Thank you to, yeah, thank you to you, the fans. We love you. Oh, oh do you have the thingies in? Yeah, Jonathan Majors is going to be joining Marvel Cinematic Universe in a villain role for Ant-Man 3. They, Everyone's assuming he's playing um, Kang? Kong? K-A-N-G. I don't know how to pronounce it because I've only ever read it. But <laughs> Sweet. Yeah. But yeah, so you know if Marvel's trusting him to like play a role then it's he's he's good you know like he's very good he also was on the cover of gq magazine i have that somewhere in this house i accidentally ordered a subscription for gq because i wanted a free hat it's a whole thing anyway <laughs> um thank you to the fans thank you to everybody we love you uh georgia do you have anything else to say no all right then what do we say to all these fine listeners on this dreary something day thanks for listening don't get carbon monoxide poisoning and stay spooky. Wizards that died but are moving their bodies to another place so they can gain more power and live forever. Sluts. <laughs> That's what a lich is, in case you weren't listening to the rest of the episode. <laughs> <laughs>